think it's Congress. Such a piece of shit. Like, I'm not... Yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm just... I'm so fucking tired, man. Like, <laughs> and, like, I don't... There's... Now they're gonna, like, stretch this out even further by, like, not... I, I don't even know what this is. Like, certifying the, the election results? Yeah, yeah, don't... Pay no mind like, to that. <laughs> I know, I know. It's just, like, it just... It, it's, it's great because like Twitter calls this what's happening, it, it, which is I, I, I'm convinced is like supposed to dovetail with the Hillary Clinton book. What happened? It's just like the, the, the idea, the idea that like, I need to know what is happening <coughs> is so. Yeah, you don't, you, you don't, <laughs> I don't, that's what 20, that's what 2021 I, is all yeah, about. No, right. You, know? you don't, you, you, you got to emancipate yourself yeah, from the newsfeed. Yeah, but I guess, like, the theory bro in me wants to, like, think of it. So, like, the phrase, what happened or what is happening, wait, is just, like, so overextended or, like, um, uh, oversampled in our lives right now. It is, and it's always bad. Like, what's going on? What's happening? Terrible things. But it's not, you know, <laughs> it's, it's not like everything is bad. It's, a, like, everything that falls under any category that says what's happening or what happened is bad <laughs> i don't know what if you come up to one of your bros and you're like what's happening like that's not bad no no right but th- what i'm saying is like that that uh that sort of what's happening does not it is not picked up in these media uh products that use that phrase whenever like twitter or a book or something <laughs> uses the phrase what's happening basically twitter and one book is that, what talking about <laughs> I, I feel like it's, See, it's this is theory like kids if you want to learn how to do over, theory it's happening right now oh, in real man. time you know you, find <laughs> two points of data and then generalize yeah, that's a trend an entire semiotic universe about it my my experience is a universe <laughs> says says the white well man. i don't know why you're complaining about congress david we just got our pelosi bucks so and it was ge- a generous twelve hundred dollars <laughs> for us um and uh, and Mastercard is very happy that we immediately handed it over. <laughs> we did. We imme- it's so fucked up because so many of these stimulus checks are just going directly to banks oh, to pay. Yeah, either like credit card debt or student loan payments that people are behind on. Like, oh, yeah. It's just so even even this one thing is just a wealth transfer. It's just taking the taxes that we already paid and giving it to the wealthiest institutions in this country. Or your fucking landlord. Yep. It's, oh, God. That's why we need a plan B. Really? We, we, need, we need a path for people to exist in which they aren't, by nature of trying to simply exist, enriching people who are already re- enriched. Like, that has to exist somehow. Because if, if it doesn't, then we're like, we're doomed as a species. We're doomed as a planet. So, like, I don't know. Hopefully we can figure out a way. Also, also now the office is on a different streaming platform. <laughs> you know what's going on right now? <laughs> this is another thing in Twitter's what's so, happening. So twi- is that the op- is now the t- office is no longer on <laughs> Netflix or and and now you now you got to subscribe to Peacock. It's like NBC's thing. This because, is exactly what people were saying during the rise of Netflix was is that just yeah. we just now have cable but on the internet and more expensive. Like that's, you know, and really there was never a di- another way that that was going to go. But uh, I just, I refuse to continue purchasing more 
more fucking streaming services. I'm not going to do it. Put your foot down. Yeah, they, 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 I am. They can't make baby characters of uh, successful franchise uh, stars, you know, and just constantly get you to buy into a new subscription service just because you want to see what's going on. Praxis is not subscribing to Peacock. That's how you do Praxis <laughs> now, folks. See, I don't make the rules. My Peacock. Cock, cock, my, my Peacock. peacock. Cock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, can, I, can, I, can I share something with you guys? Please. Something private? Yeah, of course. I, I think Baby Yoda is terrifying. I know, baby. It's, it's really it's, it's it? sad. He wakes up in a cold sweat in the middle of the night saying, no, Baby Yoda, no. I think it's scary. I think it's I think it's perverse and and, and disgusting. I will never watch The Mandalorian. I refuse to because I think Baby Yoda is disgusting. <laughs> Grogu. Grogu is his name. David also hates uh, puppies, baby chicks, um, obviously baby humans. You know, that goes without saying. Yeah. But, but baby uh, Yoda is <laughs> disgusting. What about him is disgusting? It, it's, I, it's just perverse and disgusting. You know what, you know what maybe it is? It's because it's so obviously, a, like, every, every single Star Wars character it's it's designed to be a toy. Oh yeah, yeah. Every every character in Star Wars is uh like always already a toy. Yo, uh, do you yeah. guys uh remember you know how uh Jim Henson's The Muppets they made a cartoon spin-off for kids called Muppet Babies? Oh, I do remember. Yes. I loved yeah. Muppet Babies. So there's going to be a Star Wars And they were all basically babies. just like prisoners to a lady that you could <laughs> yeah. only see her legs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right? They never left that room. They yeah. couldn't leave the room. They're, they're and, you can't let babies uh, just run around, David, even if they are Muppets. Yeah, but you gotta walk them or something. Right? <laughs> you can't like, just keep them in a room. And there's like, what was it? There's like a dozen of them or something? Yeah, but you know. Like, there's a lot of... Like the big, the big ones animals. watch the smaller ones, you know? <laughs> I, don't know I, I don't see what your problem is with this whole setup. But they're going to, they're gonna, uh, you know, starting in 2022, there's going to be uh, Star Wars babies. Uh, and it's going to, you know, a little Jabba the Hutt, a little, little cute Jabba the Hutt, you know, little Bubba Fett, you know? That's disgusting. Little Chewbacca. Chinese Leia. <laughs> <laughs> that, one's for the pe- that one's for the pedos out there. Uh, <laughs> that is solely uh, for the pedos. Yeah, no, I, 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 I like those little, like, yeah, get a new streaming service. So you look at the baby, like all these little young baby things with Star Wars. It's for pedophiles. It's all very pedophilic. <laughs> that is a hot take. Baby Yoda is for pedophiles. <laughs> that might it, be the it, spiciest it take on Ironweeds yet. Oh, We're going to get a lot of angry letters. Send your angry it's letters disgusting. to ironweedspod at gmail.com. We love <laughs> to read them. Thank disgusting. you. Disgusting. Disgusting. <sighs> Make them all open a can of beans. I don't know how to transition from this to our first very (laughs) serious topic, which is the Christmas bombing in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, So I'm very serious about all of these pedophiles loving Baby Yoda and this just gross living degenerate society. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, how about this? How about this? (laughs) When you're alone and life is making you lonely. You can always go, <laughs> go. Downtown. 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 When you've got worries, all the noise and the hurry seems to help. I know. Downtown. 
Just listen to the music of the traffic in the city. <laughs> and you're on the sidewalk where the neon sights are pretty. How can you lose? Well, I can tell you how you can lose. You can uh, somehow be allowed to pull off an act of domestic terrorism, even though your uh, partner, domestic partner, had tipped off the FBI years in advance that you had been uh, becoming a recluse and making bombs. Well, you know, here's the thing about that. Here's so we're obviously referring to the uh, RV, the suicide bombing in downtown Nashville that took took place right outside of an AT and T center, I believe. But um, here's the thing about whenever this happens, and people are like, the FBI, the police knew that he was up to something. Why didn't they do anything? Is that like that implies? That we want to build a society where someone can go to the police and say that you're making a bomb and the police don't find enough evidence to to detain you, but they do anyway. Or they in some so like we have to ask ourselves, what are we requesting of the state in terms of actionable things? What What are we asking them to do in that instance? You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, I mean yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you're yeah. saying. I guess I'm not necessarily requesting that we have a super intensive surveillance state that then goes around and preemptively stops every a- a potential act of domestic terror. I'm simply reflecting a frustration with the fact that we do have an extreme surveillance state that wire- warrantlessly wiretaps all of us, that monitors yeah. all of our <laughs> uh, digital transactions to specifically retroactively punish us if we become, you know, enemies of the rich and the powerful <laughs> as opposed to you know working in the but interest of trying of... to yeah but isn't capable of actually stopping acts Protecting, of you know destruction yeah, and, yeah, and violence exactly. and, and, and terror and you know like th- that the idea that these people like sort of you know get something as heavy as like hey this guy's making bombs and then like meh you know, yeah, we don't. No, yeah, we don't, I totally, yeah, I, you know, I get you. It, yeah. It's just sus. It's sus. That's all I'm saying. It's like it, it seems like it, 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 if a person fits a specific enough profile, the the FBI seems to just be like, hmm, you know, we're gonna we're gonna just see what happens. <laughs> we're just gonna we're just gonna let this happen. Wink, wink. You know, I guess I'm hinting well, at the think, potential. I think she actually reported him to. I think she actually reported him to the Nashville police. I'm not I'm not sure if the FBI was involved in this, but it does nonetheless beg the question of what are these massive budgets for all law enforcement agencies and branches in this country that are supposed to ideally prevent crimes and prevent, you know, terrorist acts and prevent robberies and prevent all of these things um, if they are so utterly incapable of doing so? Like, wh- What are we right. spending all this money on? Um, and it's just, you know, people to play toy soldier and, um, it's for, it's for racist old white dudes to have a pension. Like that's yeah, yeah. all of our tax money goes to like the most racist old man that you can think of <laughs> having a nice retirement. Just, uh, yeah. And he, and he just like sits on his fat ass and watches, uh, younger cops on television. Uh, and, and that's all he does all day. And, and. And he and you know and then he like yells at his grandson about how uh, you know he should stop being a, a, like an e boy and and get a real job like he did and and, 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 and it fucking sucks like that's 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 where all of your money goes yeah in Troy that's where twenty eight percent of your tax dollars go is to the police department so that that can happen it fucking sucks buying yeah. challenge coins. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or they could buy a challenge coin for like to reward everyone that uh, helped kill your cousin. 
Yeah. Meanwhile, yeah, like what the FBI actually does is it locks up like poor kids who went on uh, Facebook Live and were like, "Hell yeah, we're gonna hit those cop cars with bricks." Fuck them pigs. Right. And then they're like, yeah. boom, you're in jail for a year for a yep. thought crime, for bragging about yeah. a hypothetical thing you probably weren't going to do. You know? It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, this, this, this. I just, I have the Tennessean, um, which is, I guess, like a local news news outlet for, well, Tennessee, um, <laughs> says that, uh, so yes, the girlfriend did alert police 16 months before the, the explosion. And then this article goes on to say, no actions appear to have been taken to stop Warner, a slender five foot eight, 135 pound man who died in the explosion. Uh. Slender? Why? Why do I need to know that he is slender? What is his height? Is this like meant to indicate that police could have like tackled him or something? Like, He's very know? svelte. <laughs> It's just so strange to me that a slender five foot eight hundred and thirty-five I don't know. That's just fucking weird. But what is I think um even more relevant about this story is the fact that he was a hardcore conspiracy theorist. Mm-hmm. Like believed in um you know, aliens, uh didn't believe in the moon landing, nine eleven. He had written all of these letters and sent all these packages in the days prior to the um to the bombing it doesn't say where he sent the bombing or the packages rather but it did the packages contained at least nine typed pages of writings and two thumb drives loaded with videos at least one of the packages contained a letter that began hey dude you'll never believe what i found in the park I don't know what that's about. What? Warner wrote about 9-11 and the moon landing, saying at one point, the moon landing and 9-11 have so many anomalies, they are hard to count. Warner also wrote that aliens have been attacking Earth since September 2011. The media is covering up the attacks. Um, Also discussed the conspiracy theory that Earth is controlled by a race of reptilian lizard people. They put a switch in the human brain so they could walk among us and appear human, Warner wrote. A switch. Well, that, that's covered in the documentary They Live. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's it's not exactly a tragic story because no one was killed. Um, except him. Except him, uh, which, you know, he chose. And I am in support of, uh, you know, allowing people to choose suicide if they if they wish to. Um, but yeah, I, I support that as well. If, yeah. if, 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 if uh, no one died except for him, then it maybe it's not violent because it's only property destruction. It's really yeah. not. I, I would, I would make the argument that it is not violence. It is not a violent act, but yeah. And, and I mean, like he tried to like get people to leave, right? Like, I mean, like I, this is, I, I, I wish that I, this is semiotically very confusing. He should have done better in this regard. Right. Because it's like, I don't know what, like, what am I supposed to pay attention to when he did this, you know? Well, it's it's sort of like uh, when people do a self-immolation, you know? It's like a, um, it's a, a, a statement of, uh, like, political devotion, I guess, you know, to these, uh, to the enemy, which in his opinion, I think is 5G, right? AT&T and, l- and the large corporations. It reminds me a little bit. Yeah, you should have picked one. 
<laughs> should have well, picked I, a conspiracy theory. Is that, like, I'm, I'm, because like, what, I, like, am I supposed to care about five G when there are fucking like aliens attacking Earth and there are lizard and reptilians people walking have, among that, us? Yeah, that, that and like stalled a switch to, in my brain. That seems more concerning than five G. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it does. But he needs to pick one. He needs to pick one yeah, or well, give I, me some I, sort of unifying <clears throat> theory. <laughs> well, I was talking to you about um, uh, on the uh, live stream we did, which uh, shout out to everybody who tuned in. Thanks so much. We did a uh, was very a fun. Thanks, everybody. Uh, live stream, which was, yeah, very fun. Um, we were talking about 5G on there. And the thing about 5G that I think is uh, valid for people to be very concerned about is the fact that it's primarily about surveillance. Like, you have sure. this uh, Internet of Things, which is, uh, you know, the idea of putting Internet-connected devices in, like, everything. Whether it's, like, a smart street light that has, like, a camera that's just broadcasting, like, you know, HD video to a police station, like, everywhere in the city all at once. Um, or it's, you know, you, the ability to tap into your phone and get HD recordings of your audio at any point. You know, it's like putting in these integrated sensors into a smart city that then can, because of the uh, broadband capacity of the uh, 5G uh, system, be able to transmit uh, massive amounts of data uh, and have sort of a total informational awareness. And that this is sort of uh, one of the steps that is uh, sort of a prerequisite for your subscriber city um, dystopia uh, that you've talked about, David. Yeah, you know, that, that, is, that is absolutely true. Yeah, I, I, like the, and, I mean, we do have this thing on Real Life uh, by Shannon Mattern, a great author on, on smart city stuff, that it's like, you know, what does 5G solve? What problem does it solve? And there's really no problem that was pre-existing that 5G actually, actually solves. It, it just, like, lets cities do, governments do all the things, Chris, that you were just describing. So, yeah, it's a... It, it, and, of course, like, it, it also means that you know, uh, they're going to install all this ugly uh, um, antenna equipment, like right in front of your house, and and it means that, like, you know, you, you got to upgrade your phone for no fucking reason, and yeah, you know, there's there's a bunch of shit to be annoyed about with five with five G. You know, it's like just like also like you know all of this. Uh, um, it's giving everybody coronavirus. Um, res- <laughs> it's giving everyone coronavirus. <laughs> yeah, but it's all this, all these resources that like we could really use healthcare and like yes, uh, Flint still doesn't have clean water, and instead we're we're just gonna like install uh, um, you know like Pornhub delivery devices, you know, like every <laughs> five hundred feet. You know, I was like, what's the yeah. fucking point? You know, like where's your priorities? Speaking of priorities. Uh, we don't even have people like in homes, right? Like, you know, forget like whether or not like I can, I I can stream uh, these uh, disgusting baby Yoda videos uh, from (laughs) Disney plus or Peacock or whatever pedophile streaming service, you know, uh, is available now. Right. Um, Forget that shit. Like people can't even get into their own homes. Right. Is it because, uh, um, at least, you know, and here in Troy, uh, in the middle of October, this is way back in October, um, a, uh, uh, a landlord who is a named partner in a law firm that represents the city itself in, you know, every time, uh, uh, some meathead police officer, uh, um, decides to ruin someone's life. Um, they call the, uh, this guy's law firm to, to represent them, uh, Ginsburg, um, and he is also a landlord because that didn't make him enough of a shitlord. Um, he has to be. A, he has to be a, a landlord. 
And um, he Lord Ginsburg, a healthcare worker. <laughs> he like this. This is like Dickensian shit, right? Yeah, it is. This guy. Yeah. It's so. First up. of all, she rents an apartment on Fourth Street for thirteen thousand or thirteen. Sorry, not thirteen. Uh, <laughs> One thousand three hundred and ten dollars a month. That oh, is our mortgage. Like. Brittany and I pay that much on our mortgage, and we live in a three-bedroom house. And she and she spends this for an apartment to rent a fucking apartment. Chastity Morin uh, is um, she's twenty six. She's a, a, a mother of what was it like two kids? I think. I think one. I think she has one um, son. And she she uh, gets kicked out of of her apartment for not paying. And what um what what Ginsburg says is that you know um. Kicked her out for breach of contract, requesting she pay the rest of the year's lease thirteen thousand one hundred dollars. I'm not. I'm not misspeaking there. Thirteen thousand dollars within yep. three days. It's worth saying that. So, Chastity moved to Troy to attend HVCC Hudson Valley Community College to pursue a nursing career. She was she was exposed to COVID through her son's babysitter and had to quarantine. As, you know, anybody who's exposed for 10 to 14 days during that time, she obviously was unable to work, which ended up putting her behind on her rent. So these are like the compounding factors that make this particularly, as David said, Dickensian. Like this guy is a fucking villain out of a movie. You kicked a nurse and her small son out of their home after she caught she didn't catch COVID. She was exposed to COVID and had to quarantine. Like, I mean, it's 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 fucking perverse yeah no fault of her own she was completely compulsed at all points to make the decisions that she ended up making and she was punished by that by this person who could afford to not punish her in a way by which they he essentially illegally evicted her and when it, i was looking into the uh, court case around this because uh it, it came up in uh in a local county court um he he and his lawyer made it seem like they didn't technically evict her, but they went and they posted stuff on her door and was like, hey, you need to be out by, by uh, this date. And then they went in and uh, they took out all of her stuff while she was like at a, uh, a, a family uh, uh, home and just put it in like on, on a dirt floor in like a uh, storage building or something. Right. Yeah. And the way the way so this is where it's kind of like confusing and fucked up is that what happened was when he told her that she had to pay all of this back, all of this back rent and pay the rest of her lease in three days. There was somebody else at the scene who was getting into an altercation with him over the incident, not chastity, but some a third party. And the and Ginsburg, Michael Ginsburg, uh, let's fucking name him, said uh, that he was going to call the police. And so she kind of freaked out and she got very nervous, very anxious. And she just said, "Okay, okay, fine, I'll be out because she just wanted to defuse the situation before the cops got called. But then later in text messages, she said, like, I need to get into my place. I need to get my things like I need to be back home with my son. She's couch surfing in a pan fucking demic. She's couch surfing with her three year old son. And so, you know, then he basically says he uses the fact that she said that she would leave 
as evidence that, you know, no, this was all above board. This wasn't in violation of the, you know, eviction moratorium and all this shit when it's really just another incident incident of a property owner like looking to fuck over the poorest people. And he's not even he's a lawyer. This is pure passive income for him. This is not even like he's one of those. Oh, well, you know, my mom rents and she owns a house and she lives on the second floor and she's not a bad landlord. No, this is the classic shitlord landlord. Fuck him. Yeah. So his uh, his law firm, uh, uh, what's it called? Um, uh, uh, PSGG Law. Uh, the G is Ginsburg. Um, that's at twenty two First Street uh, in downtown Troy. So if you know, if you ever maybe want to, you know, say hi or something, you know, if you have any soup for your family right and you happen to be walking <laughs> yeah, across there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is all, Jesus. of course, parody and satire. Parody right? satire. Yes. yes. No. Non actionable. Non actionable. <laughs> but yeah, it, so, yeah I, I don't. I don't recommend anyone do that. It's just you know, like a thing that could happen. You know, if theoretically, you, want, you know, I'm not. I'm not in control of your actions. So I know that DSA was organizing around around her, and uh, you know, any updates on that? Uh, there is a lot of pressure on, on the court cases, and yeah, yeah, there is like a, a, she is getting help from you know, the uh, the uh, DSA um, housing working group, and uh, Albany Law Clinic is also uh, working on this. I think that's all that can be said right now. But it's um, but you know, like another thing that we we should put uh, point out here is that um, uh, Democratic uh, um, DA Mary Pat Donnelly. Married to an Albany um, detective, um, so she you know loves cops. Um, uh, would not see, hear this case uh, to like deal with it, right? Uh, however, she was very happy. She was very happy though to um, indict. Um, like uh, I think it was like three or four activists that got uh, like trespassing charges protesting this eviction case. So she will, uh, um, like, accept those uh, cases, but won't do anything to help chastity. So, like, this is, it's, it's fucking horrendous. It's disgusting. Yeah. Uh, and so this is all happening within a context that it was scheduled uh, for this month, the eviction moratorium to end. Uh, but lucky for us, um, the state legislator finally got its head out of its own ass and uh, passed an extension. Correct. Yes, that is correct. Um, So this was passed on December 28th. Governor Cuomo signed into law the COVID-19 Emergency Eviction and Foreclosure Prevention Act Uh, provides immediate relief to respondents. So you can basically apply for coverage under for protection under this act. Um, Okay, so that'd be uh, if you have a, a property or something. It's it's either you're a renter or or, a you know, somebody who lives in a a mortgaged home. so basically, it includes uh, staying pending residential eviction proceedings and residential real property mortgage foreclosure accident actions for 60 days. Um, blah, blah, blah. Publishing form hardship declarations to be used by tenant respondents in eviction matters and defendant mortgages. So, you know, it's another example of just like. Democrats fucking love bureaucracy. They love forms and red tape and fucking making you jump through hoops to get just basic relief. But yes, basically, you have to apply for protection under this act. um, And then you get a particular. uh, So so like for for example, staying proceedings and actions filed within 30 days of December 28th for 60 days. 
So you can apply for this as late as January 27th, I guess that would be, um, and then get protection through March. Um, and then I guess there are also staying proceedings and actions until at least May 1st, 2021. Wow, that's a lot worse good, than good I idea thought. Of picking it would be. May Day. Yeah, right. May Day, the day, the day it'll end. We'll fucking get in the streets, <laughs> assuming that uh, yeah, enough right. of us are yeah. vaccinated by then. It, but but the fact that you have to apply for this and it isn't just like yeah. an, a standard extension of the eviction moratorium—that's news to me and bad news. Like that means shut that down a lot the of courts. people no more. Yeah, just no more eviction courts. Just get rid of them. And and yeah, it seems like it seems like a way to really like solve multiple problems, right? It's like you can't can't get into courts because of COVID. Just shut down the courts. And you know, yeah. uh, this will be something we'll get into later. But you know, Cuomo wants to impose very stiff penalties on any um, organization or entity found to be committing "quote unquote" vaccine fraud. So this is any any organization or or entity that gives a vaccine to somebody who's not on the state specified list of of you know who's supposed to get them particularly medical workers and nursing home residents um you can be fined with it for a million fucking dollars but <laughs> how about we find so... landlords who kick people out of their homes for a million fucking dollars i bet that would stop so, evictions real quick so the reason that, that they need to uh fine everybody a million dollars is that apparently nobody uh decided in this operation light speed um covid vaccine rollout that's been going on that they needed to actually fund the distribution so you yeah. have the trump administration setting a target of 20 million doses by the end of the year which is now over as everybody who's listening to this knows um but the uh actual amount of people who were vaccinated according to the federal government is around 2.6 so just slightly over 10 percent of their actual like progress to their target and so they're going around and pointing the finger to the states and saying hey the states need to get their act together and like you know figure out how to distribute these vaccines properly blah 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 and the states are turning around and looking at the federal government and being like uh excuse excuse us but taxes are low business is down like we don't have funny fucking money you guys didn't like actually fund the distribution of this at all you just funded the uh creation and the trial uh vaccination program for the pharmaceutical companies and so like <laughs> we're now we we're this- now making bank yeah yeah. And so people are fucking up this uh, rollout of the vaccination in all types of ways. Things are not getting properly um, refrigerated. Uh, people are, are uh, confusing treatment for uh, vaccines and giving people who don't have COVID COVID treatment drugs. Did you see this? 42 people in West Virginia were mistakenly given Regeneron Pharmaceuticals, Inc.'s antibody treatment designed to fight COVID-19 in those already infected instead of Moderna's vaccine. It's not good, folks. That's tight. That's so dumb. <laughs> you know, yeah. th- this really I, makes me makes me feel like it's, it's the, the mindset of like Silicon Valley, right? Where because their stuff is like you invent it. And then the, the actual distribution is immediate, instant, and and, mind, and almost mindless, right? Is you just push the update, and it goes to all the servers, and it's done. But, like, here, it's a physical thing that you have to physically inject into someone's arm, right? And, and so they just cold. like are, And they have to keep it super cold. And so it's like, like they just, like, 
they would just want to think about like the invent the end result of the inventing of the drug, like the creation of the thing, and then actually getting it anywhere is is like not obviously not even on the radar. It's it's mind numbingly stupid. Yeah, it's just it, it it makes me feel so frustrated that we have this like this country that's like the richest country in the history of. I the too planet, hate that you know? we have a country. <laughs> <laughs> we have this country that like has all this fucking crazy shit. Like I was watching a Boston Dynamics video uh, set to um, the, uh, the 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 poem "Whitey on the Moon" by Gil Scott Heron, uh, and it's like absolutely insane what we can do in terms of like specialized operations within, say, one you know capitalist organization. But as a country, we can't do shit. We cannot do shit, and it's like. It, this this level of like so society wide like impotence the inability to like do something as simple as roll out a distribution of a manufactured good to be administered to the general public in like some type of uh you know uh what do you call it like triage uh method we're fucking up so badly that it's like incredibly embarrassing well chris that's because the market is the is the most efficient way to distribute goods and our problem is that we i literally saw some some fucking <sighs> like you know washington post op-ed writer or whoever make this argument on twitter that the problem is that we haven't allowed the market to determine distribution um god just yeah put your head in a wood chipper if you think that. <laughs> there, there's, um, uh, uh, there's actually this like a, a really prescient quote from uh lenin that um yeah, uh, that uh, about Taylorism, or as, as the Soviets called it, scientific management. Where, um, oh, it was called scientific yeah, management it was called in the United States too. too. But yeah, but you know, people want it, it got called Taylorism mostly around here. But um, uh, the uh, uh, where he said, you know, like the, the Americans will never, um, you know, like manu- do scientific management as well as the Soviets will because we can uh, apply it. Um, between firms, not just within firms, mm. right? Is that that, that was, And he noticed that immediately. Is that yeah. like, uh, you know, like you can be as efficient as you want within the firm, within the factory. It yep. doesn't matter if it, if you don't have efficiencies uh, across firms and like and in distributions. And that's this is exactly what we're seeing, right? Is that we yep. we don't have a national healthcare system. We barely have a national like logistics distribution system outside of an Amazon or a UPS or a FedEx or something. And so like, and, or all of these regional, uh, uh, healthcare providers. Yeah, well, Lenin was that, like, critical yeah. of federalism for the same reason. It's an yeah. inefficient mode of distributing goods. Like, it's it's it doesn't fucking work, especially when you have a totally hobbled federal government like we do right now. States are doing whatever the fuck they want with these vaccines. The federal government is giving them like these soft guidelines that, you know, are not like being followed by, you know, basically any state that uh, <laughs> voted for Trump, frankly, like in a lot of states that didn't. But uh, which is, you know, I don't think that that's particularly relevant, but it's really And, you know, what's particularly scary about how botched this rollout has been, and this is from this Wall Street Journal article that I'll put in the show notes, but, um, you know, most states are currently focusing on two populations, healthcare workers and nursing home residents. Those are two populations that are in hospital or medical settings 
that are in localized places where the vaccine can be efficiently delivered to them. These are the places where delivery of this vaccine should be most efficient. Yeah, you're exactly right. <laughs> yes, this is the best case scenario. What yeah. happens best, yeah. best when we, we start trying to roll this out to, you know, school teachers, fast food workers, people who don't have a nine to five schedule, who can't, you know, or rather people who can't come in during the nine to five schedule. I mean, it's just going to be. And, you know, like with this Cuomo imposing these new penalties for vaccine line skipping and fraud and whatever else, basically what happened was a clinic in Brooklyn has been accused of um, asking for vaccine that they didn't need and giving vaccine to people who uh, weren't medical. Skipping the line. Yeah. And. Cuomo's now said, OK, million dollar fine if you do that. Um, we'll take away your your medical license, whatever else. So what happens to and I haven't seen a good answer to this. What happens to those people? Because this is a two dose vaccine, right? You get the first dose and then whatever it is, 10 days later, you get the second dose. So do those people who got the first dose of the vaccine, are we going to let them get a second dose? Or are all of those just in the trash? Now, all of those people oh, who yeah. got that first vaccine, they just don't they don't get. I mean, it's it's fucked up. It's a total it fuck. Yeah. As as much as like I, I really do want to uh um you know like be carceral and and uh violent, frankly, at people who like don't wear masks or like you know flaunt health uh and safety regulations and stuff like that. You really can't use really carceral modes of punishment in health scenarios because no. ultimately what you no. No. <laughs> because what you really really need people to do is comply you need that and yep. you need yep. them to uh to uh uh to not be uh doing like this prisoner's dilemma thing in their mind where they decide like well should i get the get the vaccine should i uh um uh, you know tell people that i'm infected or like what what did i do how did i get it like right like all of these decisions have to be honesty has to be uh, like 110 percent the 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 thing you put it at, at um forward and and when you start introducing these like enormous fines and that rich people of course can pay for right you know like these are all things that um uh, just um, uh, uh, mangle the whole the whole system. It doesn't make it more efficient or safer or better. It just it, it just fucks and up it makes everyone's it more decision matrix. Because yeah. how many facilities yeah. are going to be like allowing vaccines to just go right into the trash because they either can't get them to the right people, and so now you have this person here who wants the vaccine. Who and you know and I I didn't even mention this but cuomo also wants to be with this new legislation wants to be able to pe- penalize people who get the vaccine so if you are given the vaccine <laughs> by a healthcare provider and you weren't in uh, these specialized categories you yeah. can also be fined yeah and, i mean and, and, you're just and, asking yeah. to to throw these it's things so down the toilet and it solves yeah. it solves and, no and, problems yeah. because like if there is an actual mistake in terms of prioritization of who should get it, it's happening at the administrative level, not at the end person who's getting the poke level. Like my friend was talking to me about this and he had a moral conundrum. He's like, hey, you know, I've got this 
advanced place on the vaccine line. And I don't know how I should feel about it because like, I'm technically a healthcare provider, but that's because I, you know, signed up to get training to help this person with, you know, uh, like special needs, like once a month, and we're only sort of doing it because of COVID, blah, blah, blah. But I might end up being able to get it. Like, should I get it? And I was like, dude, absolutely, you should get it. Like, first off, they're not going to be able to like, hold your vaccine for like, some, you know, frontline worker that's like, desperately needing it because you made a more choice about it like these are logistical things that are incredibly complicated and you have to work your way up like several like decision tree layers to be able to somehow be able to get your the vaccine meant for you to get to someone else as well as the fact that like as a general uh, thing we all need to eventually become vaccinated for this to be something that we can you know go to ball games again you know and so it's like but the, but now that, that, that we have this uh, this legislation that I just found out about on this pod, I'm like, maybe I should call him up and be like, hey, you should uh, probably reject the vaccine. But like, well, that's I mean, a no, up I mean, if, to, if your friend is technically a medical worker, then and and look, if they get the vaccine now, they can go back to offering assistance to that. You know, even if it's yeah. one person, like that's no, still, true. you know, it's it's a. It's already such an ugly, lonely time. Like, I just don't understand this logic of imposing. It's it's just it's so fucking backwards. And, you know, yeah, meanwhile, yeah. he's I saw somebody on Twitter say something like and now he's about to get the covid Emmy or whatever, because he's just I think he's getting Ugh, some award for book. his incredible yeah, uh, handling of, you know, the the worst outbreak of coronavirus in the world. Yep. Most deaths. In any state, I'm pretty sure. And maybe California. New York's has number a, a, one, eclipse. baby. Number let me, one. Let me, let me check that out real quick. COVID. Yeah, I, th- I think I think California might have eclipsed us by now. Yeah. But you know, like here here's the thing that um that drives me nuts, right? And I'm I'm gonna get like really science and technology studies here, mm. but it, it, it I, I promise I won't use any big uh, like uh, obnoxiously big words. But you know, like so uh, Pfizer's vaccine requires it to be like sub-zero temperatures, right? And then the Moderna vaccine requires like regular freezer temperatures, right? And then yep. you thaw it and then it's good for like five days or something like, like that, right? And the Pfizer vaccine is um, costs a little less than $20 and the Moderna vaccine costs a little bit less than $15, right? So it has to be refrigerated. With, and so you have to account for that cost too, right? Is is that you uh, the refrigerate these like special refrigerators for the Pfizer vaccine, whatever, right? And then and then the AstraZeneca Oxford vaccine, shelf stable at at normal temperatures and costs like four dollars, right? And even and what we keep touting is the fact that these that these Moderna and Pfizer vaccines are like ninety five percent successful, and I think the and then the and originally the the um AstraZeneca one I think was like 75% and then they found out that if you actually give like a half dose for the second dose it's it go it jumps up to like 90% effective right now medical professionals say that a 50% um effectiveness rate is medically viable right so like 50% is actually fine and so we're hitting like 90 95 right a 50 something that would be like 50 to 75% effective but is shelf stable, easy to produce, and can like be put on a truck and just sent anywhere and doesn't expire easily is so much more important 
and better. And, and if it's cheaper, even better than that, because mm-hmm. the point is to vaccinate the herd, yeah. right? Is to get everyone fucking vaccinated spread, as soon as stu- possible. Yeah. And so like the idea that, you know, like this thing that we have in our medical uh, manufacturing and research community, fucking call it a community, whatever, right? Like the, the American version of, of healthcare is so individuated Right. And is so focused on we're the best and it's the most effective and it's the best, the best, the best. Right. That it's the most profitable. Think of the overall, right. <laughs> number one, the overall, the overall network effect. Yeah. That yeah. you just need the most, the most people to be mostly safe from it. Yep. That's all you need. But we, but we can't think like that. Yeah. And, that's and the- so instead we're just like, no, we have to get the most effective vaccine and it doesn't matter that it has to be kept at like negative 10, uh, for, you know, for most of the, you know, for most of its like, existence right like we just we don't think like that and it's so in this these are the times when you know it shows that like it is a bad way of thinking and it will literally kill people yeah mm. damn i hadn't even heard that about the astrazeneca vaccine that is wild that is wild that it's shelf stable yeah it's shelf stable and, and it's four dollars and it's four dollars well because well because it, it's at cost right Moderna and Pfizer are charging for it. Yeah. Like full price. Oh my and, God. And, 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 and that's the other thing is like, well, and, you know, in the United States, it fucks us too because we're a, a largely rural country. Yeah. So like, you know, your fucking clinic in, in uh, Huntsville, Alabama, right. Or, or, or like somewhere in West Virginia, right. Like they don't have these chilling facilities. Mm. They don't have the ability to mm. store this vaccine. Mm. They don't. So, like, they might, they can't even get it. Or if they do, they have to, like, distribute it and get it in arms as fast as possible. Yeah. Because it's going to, it's going to go bad. People had joked about having McDonald's to do the distribution for it. And actually, that's <laughs> pretty brilliant. Fuck yeah. Like, Yo, I could if go you, for if a fucking should. Big Mac and fries right now. Not even uh, Yeah. Like, you know, what they could do is they could shut down their food handling processes entirely not make a loss, get a government subsidy for uh, transitioning to doing dose distribution on a drive through basis, and then just give people a little ticket for a free Happy Meal, you know, when they stop administrating uh, the, the fucking uh, vaccine. And think about it, you got a McDonald's within like four minutes drive of pretty much anywhere in uh, anybody in the entire country you know like they have a logistical operational uh situation where they could distribute in chilled vehicles to all of those sites they have the ability to train millions and millions of workers in basic like health and safety protocol to be able to distribute it like the more i think about it the the less crazy it sounds and like the more appropriate it, it sounds um absolutely the only then, problem with it is that you can't prioritize certain populations um which okay, seems fair. to be what everyone is obsessed with but i yeah. also don't know that and look i'm not a medical you know i'm not a health professional i don't know fucking anything i'm talking about i'm talking out of my ass like i often do on the show hey, but hey. like it doesn't seem to me that all of this administrative bureaucratic chaos that is breaking out is a good trade-off for prioritizing particular populations over others. Mm. Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe like give or or maybe the prioritization is just too hard lined, you know? Maybe it's just that like 
every single dose of the vaccine has to go to these specific people or we're going to fine you a million dollars otherwise. <laughs> like that just seems it just seems impractical and it seems like it's slowing us down. It seems like it's, you oh, know, yeah. making us uh, it's causing waste. It's causing these precious vaccines to go to waste. Um, it's It's not good, folks. Yeah. Welcome to 2021. Just <laughs> same as 2020. <laughs> but now the more chaos. 2020 part two. Oh, man. All right. So I had uh, talked uh, about the California versus New York. I guess some numbers real quick. Interestingly enough, New York has had a total of 2.4 million um, cases. And uh, sorry, California has had a, a total of 2.4 million cases, but only 26,542 recorded deaths, while New York had a total of 1 million cases, but 37,854 deaths. So maybe you shouldn't be the hero of your book, Cuomo. Just can you give me a per, percentage wise what that means? Because numbers, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I'm I have yep, three yep, humanities no degrees. I don't know the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me do a quick division. Uh, One million. All right, so that is three point eight percent of New Yorkers who got COVID died. And Callie had 1.1 more uh, mortality rate. So holy shit! Yeah, that's, and so that's really granted, bad. All, yeah, and this this has everything to do with the uh, timing of the the peak. Like California had a much later peak. They're peaking like now, right now. Mm. Whereas uh, New York had its worst ever right in the beginning. And that was when right, the ICU right, was right. filled up. That's when they had. I think it was like Staten Island. They did a mass uh, grave. Um, yeah. and they had like all, you know, so it was fucking hellish in New York in, uh, April, March, and now it's hellish in California in December, January. And it looks like it's only going to keep getting worse. Um, but people are dying less. And part of that is, uh, better medical, uh, facilities and training for the people on the front lines, as well as new, uh, treatment drugs like the Regeneron drug that, you know, saved, uh, Donald Trump. Uh, and, you know, so this is this is sort of i think the 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 way things are it's probably going to become less lethal as time goes on uh until such time as you know we just are completely overwhelmed nationally internationally and it just becomes a triage thing where people are dying because we just don't have any ability to take care of them yeah yeah and, you know l lest we become too optimistic on, on this front um, you know, there, there's a, a uh, um, there, there, there's an Atlantic article by Zainat Tufechi, who, you know, I'll, I'll never let her um, forget the fact that she suggested that we donate to the Republicans in 2016 when they had their field oh, office broken. God, um, yeah. You know, she, that was, it was the worst take she made in yeah. history. <laughs> but, but, but she has been very, very right about a lot of this coronavirus stuff. And she, she has this thing in the Atlantic that, about the the new more virulent uh strain uh that's uh that's pretty disturbing right so i'm, I'm just yeah, gonna we should one. mention the this UK. is the this is the uk variant that has now surfaced right. in colorado i believe yeah yeah colorado florida and california oh now. fuck all right cool. um yeah yeah so it is um right so it, what um a lot of the reporting always underscores is that it is not more deadly, but it's just more contagious, mm -hmm. right? Um, but here's the thing, right? To understand the difference, I'm now quoting from the Atlantic article, to understand the difference between the exponential and linear risks 
right? Is this is the difference here? Is like the two, uh, it's uh, exponential versus linear. Consider an example put forth by Adam uh, Kucharski, a professor at the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine, who focuses on mathematical analyses of infectious disease outbreaks. Kucharski compares a fifty percent increase in virus lethality to a fifty percent increase in virus transmissibility. Take a virus reproduction rate of about 1.1 and an infection fatality risk of 0.8%. And imagine a 10,000 active infections, right? Uh, which is a plausible scenario given what we have right now, okay. in a lot of, and especially in a lot of European cities, okay? So um, as things stand, with those numbers, we would expect 129 deaths in a month, okay? With uh, 0.8% uh, fatality, 10,000 active infections reproduction rate of 1.1%. If the fatality rate increased by 50%, that would lead to 193 deaths instead of 129. All right. So a more lethal virus, you would get 193 instead of 129 deaths. In contrast, a 50% increase in transmissibility would lead to a whopping 978 deaths in just one month. Holy shit. Holy shit. Right. So if the, if the lethality stays the same, but more people get it, you get like a almost tenfold increase in deaths. Well, it's like sprinkles versus glitter, you know? Yeah. I yeah. mean, if you spill yeah. sprinkles everywhere, it sucks. You got to sweep them up. But if you spill glitter everywhere, you're done. That's it. You're done. You're going to die from glitter you're overdose. <laughs> yeah. Oh. That's pretty. Those are pretty staggering numbers, I have to say. Yeah, that's, seriously. Um, that's not it's uh, that's scary. Yeah, this these yeah. rate so problems like, it, 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 uh, are are horrifying. Yeah, and and the rate problem is exactly the kind of thing that you need a good logistics uh, like system to defeat. Right, because you yeah. need to get jabs in arms fast. I like and, that the UK calls them jabs. Yeah, we should call them jabs yeah. too. We need a good jab in the arm. Yeah. So we can go back to tea. Yeah. I miss my cucumber sandwiches. <laughs> Apologies to our UK listeners. Why do you do that, David? Well, you know, I I, I, because it's true. That's David their is culture. So mean. He bullies the UK like yeah, gotta, so badly. You got to observe the Queensbury rules. You know, you got to get give the jab, a little uppercut, a little hook, little you know, <laughs> soft shoe. You know, one thing that we haven't uh, touched on here is that a lot of these um, older people that are first in line for the vaccine also think that vaccines are a hoax and uh, a way to microchip you and uh, um, so the government knows when you get the early bird special at Denny's. And it's like, I, so that's um, like just another part of this, is that the oldest generation that's like mind-diseased by Fox News uh, doesn't want it anyway. That's so another I, I, thing I, I in don't this even, Wall Street Journal. Don't they remember article. polio? Yeah, <laughs> I don't even want to think. I don't even want to think about how many doses are going to go bad because uh, you know, like Grandpa Joe doesn't want to uh, take it because he he thinks it's the way Obama will know when he eats beef or something. Well, that's another <laughs> thing in this Wall Street Journal article is that a lot of healthcare professionals also don't trust the vaccine. Maybe a lot yeah. is not the right word for that, but they are having problems with healthcare professionals not wanting to take the vaccine. 
Well, and you know what? You know me. whose fault this is? It's it's the yeah. government's fault. Like for Absolutely. for yeah. for generations, people generations, uh, decades, people have learned that you know the government's not really very trustworthy when it comes to shit like this. Um, uh. Yeah, it reminds me of the whole thing uh, when Jill Stein was running for uh, president, and people were like, "Oh, she's an anti-vaxer," blah blah blah, and she like really wasn't. Like the like the most anti-vax thing that she said was like, well, the government has a long history of uh, really fucking people over on medical trials. So I think that you know until we really have a uh, sort of uh, reconciliation and truth and reconciliation type of moment, like I, I think people are have have right to be skeptical. But like vaccines are yeah. you know a, a good thing for public health and like they don't cause autism and like you know there's she actually went so far as to like dispel a lot of the popular myths about it but was still labeled a uh an anti-vaxxer you know yeah well that's classic liberal shit right is that you know you try to add any nuance into anything and libs will just target you as uh being the the on the on the wrong side but you know women Mm -hmm. and people of color in particular have a lot of reason to not trust the medical establishment a lot of fucking reason um No, Jill Stein had said something like, you know, well, uh, if you fill out nine different forms and buy uh, a, uh, you know, like several craft beers in a uh, distressed community opportunity <laughs> zone, then, you know, we, uh, you know, like that sort of nuance will then allow you into drug trials that are possibly, you know, uh, blah, 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 blah. you know, it's, it's like all the nuances in all the wrong places is the, yeah. what that joke is supposed to uh convey. <laughs> i hear you <laughs> i think it conveyed it yeah, yeah. yeah. i thank you thank you finessed um yeah. <laughs> so members yeah. of congress are getting ppe loans yeah oh god and, yeah and, i was just gonna say I, I was just about to say i think we touched on most of most of the articles that we have here but yeah this in roll call is really disturbing um 14 million in relief funds find members of congress and family which, you know, part no, of that is maybe not as nefarious as it sounds because that yeah, was congrats. bound to happen because they yeah. are the elite ruling class. Um, and they're employers. But, yeah, they're and job they're, creators. Yeah. They're jo- <laughs> they are creating all the jobs. So um, you know, you, did you guys see that Nancy Pelosi and Mitch McConnell's houses were vandalized? Yeah, uh, rules. They did. Yeah, Good. so, you know, yeah, they, they, they had to pay their All they're missing is guillotines out front. <laughs> well, I don't know. I think the Mitch one might be. I think the Mitch one might be real. I don't believe the Pelosi one, but the Mitch one does seem like it might be real. I just can't it, wait for it to come out that that it was it was a uh, a false flag, like that they did it to their own house. Because it, it, doesn't it look exactly like the same shit that people did when it was like BLM and yeah, they like rule. you know, looks like there's a FBI fixer who just has really really horrible graph uh, style, and they're like, all right, we, we gotta we gotta br- bring it in. The, pe- people are getting a little bit too uh, excited about the guillotine memes they're sharing uh the home addresses of uh the the majority leader in uh in the senate and the uh the the house speakers uh homes like we we, we got to put a stop to this so they get out there and they do like you know like 
fuck 12 <laughs> like across the whole house i don't know maybe it's legit D- deploy I, well, Terry. I think the reason i think the mitch mcconnell <laughs> one might be legit and this is pointed out by a bunch of people on twitter including friend of the pod shelly um is that we want everything is a very well-known leftist like oh, especially yeah. anarchist like oh yeah you know mm-hmm. uh tag yeah but you don't so, think terry read the coming insurrection you know, no. you don't think somebody <laughs> no, handed him some end notes. The graffiti artist FBI agent needs to do a lot of research before he can't just go out there and start tagging black rules on someone's driveway. You know? I would prefer to think that the Mitch McConnell graffiti is real than not. Because I like the idea of people being fucking pissed off enough to go to his house and vandalize his his shit. Um, it, I find it comforting to believe that it is real, and so I will do so. The Nan- the Pelosi one looks faker to me, but you know. Yeah, and then bur- buried in the uh, news was uh, Jimmy Dore burning an effigy out in, uh, in front of AOC's house. What? Oh, good for him. No, I'm just fucking with you. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> we live in strange enough times that I, I for a, for a brief moment, uh, believed you. Um, but I do want to talk about these PPEs because it's really. Producer's note, I do not mean PPE, I mean PPP, which is <laughs> kind of funny. All right, carry on. Uh, it's it's really fucking telling that, uh, so Na- Speaker Nancy Pelosi and her husband, Paul Pelosi, held investments in a partnership with this, with this firm um, that has received, wait a second. Uh, uh, received at least 2.4 million. Received at least two. Yeah. So that's that's a lot of money. Well, you know, what, what's um, especially telling, I, I think, in this article is that all of the spokespeople, right, that come that that respond to, you know, like, you're like, why the hell did you get a bunch of money? Right. The response is always like, oh, well, you know, uh, 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 Speaker Pelosi has like a 8% share in this holding company that uh, um, owns this company that then got the PPE loan and stuff like that. As if that's like um, an excuse or makes it sound yeah. better. Right. But, but what it reveals is that all that all of our rulers don't just, it's not as simple as like, you know, Mitch McConnell owns uh, a, a, a factory that, produces things that everyone needs to buy no because that's not how the the uh the ruling class rules anymore right they they diversify and they own uh and they don't even make shit right they instead they just like own these uh, piddling percentages of all these different holding companies and investment vehicles that then own other companies like that's how they make all this money and that's why you're never gonna like actually get them on something as straightforward as you passed a law that then enriched you right it has they 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 launder it through like nine different yeah uh shell companies and then they get the money back and then and so it's precisely for these moments because they they also had to like so many years ago uh pass a law that make it seem like they aren't corrupt as hell right and so they pass rules that make it more complicated to to get kickbacks, mostly so that it's harder for newcomers to show up and get kickbacks, right? They yeah. want to make mm-hmm. it so that 
they want to make it so that only them know how to do it. Yeah, Yeah. they've created a system that only they know how to operate, which is why we also don't have a backbench of anyone, and we're ruled by 80-year-old assholes. You know, like, that's... that's, And you know what else is really... that's, That's so connected. What else is really fucking annoying to me? So Roll Call reached out to Scott Amy, who's the general counsel of the Project on Government Oversight, and he said, taxpayers should be concerned if members used their official position to further their pecuniary... I never know if it's pecuniary or pecuniary interest. I've heard pecuniary. Okay. Shaping the COVID-19 legislative response, knowing that an outside interest will benefit, could be inconsistent with the conscientious performance of their congressional duties and a violation of ethics rules. He said members who took PPP funds should be, I keep saying PPE, but it's PPP funds, should be transparent about their involvement in loan processing. Transparency? Really? That's what we want from this. We want people to say, oh, yeah. So me and my husband took, you know, two point four million dollars of the PPP loans. Yeah. OK. No, that's not. And, I don't and everyone will be like, oh, OK, good. Thank you for telling us. The purpose yeah. of transparency, the purpose of reporting like this should be so that we can stop them from fucking doing it and impose yeah. penalties if they enrich themselves in their role as, you know, as representatives of the people of the United States. Like, I don't give a fuck about parency. Pisses me off. Parency? I don't give a fuck about transparency. <laughs> I'm not even drinking anymore, so I don't know. I have no excuse for uh, fucking up all my words. But Oh, you don't need one. Don't worry. I do it all the time. Thank you. I, mean, you thank know. you. I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate that. I mean, tra- transparency uh, is just like, I, I, I always use this metaphor. It's like, it's like popping the hood on a car, right? And I'm like, okay, now you mm-hmm. see how a car works. And I'm like, no, you don't. You see a bunch of like tubes and, <laughs> and metal shit, right? And wires. It's like you don't yeah. know how the fuck a car works, but but it's transparent now, right? It was yeah. like that doesn't it matter. is the first like, step transparency in doesn't do anything with your in car. A, yeah. Sure, yeah, absolutely, right? But in a really complicated system such as our federal government, transparency doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, uh, it's, so, it's sort to, of like at least to fixing it directly, right? You yeah, you need to be a mechanic. Yep. Yeah. And uh You need to rip out the guts and take a <laughs> take a jigsaw to it and set it on fire. I don't know how to fix cars. Um <laughs> And put it in a guillotine and cut it in half, right? That's how, I don't know. I watched a YouTube video on changing oil, so I'm pretty sure that's at least part of it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's it's absolutely criminal what's going on here. And like, you know, uh, you look at the the stimulus package that just went through that Trump uh, threatened to veto. um, And uh, he didn't veto the stimulus package but he did veto the ndaa uh 2020 so the national defense authorization act which put us in a strange bedfellow situation when bernie sanders then tried to filibuster to delay the override of his veto for the national defense authorization act which is basically the broad um funding bill that gets passed every year with almost entire uh, un- congressional unanimity. Um, this is essentially how we fund our imperialism. And Congress actually came back into session on January 1st, a federal holiday, to uh, go ahead and override Trump's veto of the NDAA. But before they could do that, uh, Bernie Sanders tried to filibuster and get them to approve a vote for a $2,000 check. 
And this was after Trump went on, like, not necessarily TV, I think he just broadcasted on the internet. But he had this like four or five minute video where he basically lampooned the stimulus bill for basically being this big pork barrel uh, thing. He's like, we're giving billions to Israel. We're giving billions to UAE. We're, we're, we're giving millions of dollars to, uh, you know, count how many macaw live in this specific area or whatever. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, uh, environmental uh, uh, conservation is super important and like doing audits of our uh, of our ecosystem should be a priority. But like the fact that this was all tied in together into like this stimulus bill, which should have been really cut and dry and basically been, you know, a check, like most of the other quote unquote developed nations of the world have been giving their citizens during the, this, uh, you know, extremely hard economic time. Um, it, it's, it's just, it's crazy because you see, you see Trump and, you know, he's lame duck. He doesn't really give a fuck about the, the GOP or the Congress or anything. And he's just sort of, you know, coming out and saying like, fuck yeah, Bernie, like get those $2,000 checks to everybody. And I understand it's all for his own, you know, the buffing of his own ego to be like, I'm the guy that's like the, the, the champion of the people, even though during the entire, um, uh, litigative process in the lead up to the stimulus, he made no claims about any dollar checks that he wanted to go out or anything until after it was already signed and done. Uh, it just, it was very weird to see. And like, I don't know, it, 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 and then he signs off the video. He's like, and uh, maybe I'll be your president next year. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, I was sad that Bernie's uh, valiant efforts amounted to naught. And yeah. um, it's really fucking pathetic that Congress yeah. is just so, you know, I don't like there's got to be. I don't know, maybe I'm just a bit dimwitted, but I don't really understand why there is always such unanimous bipartisan support for every defense funding bill that ever comes down the pipe. Like, I don't really I, why that one thing? Why is it defense? Why? Because imperialism is the fucking, you know, that's the order of the day. Like, that's well, our national yeah, religion. Know, but yeah. Well, I mean, well, but part of that is also that, you know, uh, the defense contractors have done an excellent job of putting like their their factories and their research firms in literally. Yeah, every I think that's yeah. yeah, that's more because it's not ideological. Like there's no you can't use ideology to explain literally anything that happens in Congress. Like it, it's it all has material basis. Um, yeah, so that, so that, it, that explanation does make sense to me. The only thing that I can think of uh, in terms of ideological programming is like maybe it is that when you become a, a congressional member or, you know, a senator, they just sit you down in front of the Zapruder film and they're like, do you understand? <laughs> but yeah, just the, uh, the, the fact that this is the thing that, you know, Congress comes together on a federal holiday to pass with almost unanimous support trillions of dollars going to expanding and maintaining our military bases in almost every fucking country in the world while we are having an economic fallout that was unprecedented in our country um while we have this incredible pandemic while we have food lines that are you know literally miles long in cars and instead of giving everybody you know some meager like checks so that they can fulfill their basic needs or passing Medicare for all or doing anything that like will would actually immediately improve the material conditions of hundreds of millions of people 
They do not have unanimous support for that. They do have unanimous support for maintaining our military industrial complex and for maintaining our hegemonic imperialist position on the uh, global stage. And it's fucked up. And like, I understand why uh, people, you know, like Jimmy Dore and stuff are like so furious. Um, I think that tactically it's really bad in a representational democracy to be the most furious with the people who are the most outspokenly on your side and, and advocating for the needs of regular people. Uh, Yeah. You had a good tweet about that, Chris. (laughs) Yeah. It's just like, it's so dumb. It's so dumb. It's like, if we're trying to build popular support for something like people like AOC should not become the heel in wrestling terms, you know, like kind of get it though I, it it falls along the same logic of like why are leftists always more mad at democrats than republicans and it's like well because they're the people who purport to to represent you you know they're the people yeah, who yeah. are supposedly your advocates in the halls of congress and so i kind of understand applying the same logic to people who are left of mm-hmm. the liberal you know uh pre- uh predilections of of the democrats but um yep. i also just think that like i don't know i don't usually do like like ID poll shit, but like going after a young woman of color that hard, who's like one of the only, like one of the few people in that age age bracket and demographic who's representing you. I don't know. I just think it's a little. It's just it's it's. I don't really see what good it does, and it seems to me like at the at, at, at in my most generous, I would call it misguided, and in my least generous, I would call it like just pure spectacle, like just attention grabbing bullshit that like you just want more ratings. I don't know. Um, well, it, I, I was talking a bit on the live stream. It reminds me of how I went after um, Anasha and David Bisember so hard, uh, a, a la the city council uh, unanimously uh, covering up for the Edson Thevenin murder and the reason was i gave them money <laughs> and i was really personally mad yeah <laughs> that yeah. they were doing that you know and uh and i remember david bissember threw me under the bus for basically being an out-of-pocket white boy attacking with the only person of color on the um uh you know the city council or whatever and i was like what the f- and what for the that fuck? we have thoroughly canceled you <laughs> I, we tried to kick you off the podcast, but you owned all the recording equipment, and we couldn't. <laughs> but, you know, again, it, again, the material analysis explains <laughs> the situation. But like uh, to, to watch this happen on a national scale, it's like, come on, dude! Like AOC is like the most charismatic, well liked by the coming generations. Uh, you know that are uh, going on the one, the one of the most outspoken for the the needs of the everyday person in our country. Like the one of the biggest champions for Medicare for all, et cetera. The hottest, her, uh, the by hottest, far. exactly, exactly. Most important, by far. <laughs> <laughs> but you know the idea that we should make her into the enemy because she isn't like doing like some fucking diehard shit like she isn't like you know <laughs> is like it's just it it's it it's it's not the problem it's not the problem yeah. it's the, yeah. the problem is not that she uh voted for nancy pelosi you know the problem is that we have a bought and paid for congress that is uh she it, at you know in the, the giving her the greatest benefit of the doubt is an extreme minority of you know, like somebody who's actually caring for working people and trying to bring something about. And if we take her at her word that that's what she's about, which is pretty much all you can do with politicians, then like w- the problem is that we need like 300 more of her. 
<laughs> and he, yeah. I don't know if you get 300 more of her by like making a giant stink with everybody who agrees with you that she's the problem and she needs to be held to account on the internet. <laughs> you know, like what the- I mean, it certainly, uh, I would not, I, I've said this before, but like her trepidation about running again is my favorite thing about her. And it yeah. certainly does not encourage a lot of people to uh, join the halls of Congress if you just have an angry man screaming at you and telling you, fuck you and go fuck yourself and all that shit. But she did do some dumb shit where she called that violence on Twitter and that was just stupid. That That's dumb. Well, I'm sorry, AOC. It's not uh, violence. Well, Somebody yeah, saying but, fuck you, go fuck yourself <laughs> is not violence. Like, you're just going to need that, to relax a little bit. You, you, you've you always uh, said that one of your favorite things in the world is calling something that isn't violence violence. That's true. <laughs> I do like calling things violence. <laughs> All right, I rescind my uh, criticism, AOC. You're doing the right thing. Jimmy Dore is, vi- just, is violencing against you. I'm, I'm not saying that you're <laughs> wrong. I'm just saying it is relatable content. <laughs> and ultimately, isn't that what's really the most important thing? That's what we aim for is relatable content always. Uh, speaking of, we're going to do in our bonus episode a dramatic reading of the Bean Dad uh, Twitter discourse today. So you can look forward to that at uh, patreon.com slash ironweeds. It's going to be fun. Oh, yeah. And I talk about Bean Dad. Dad related content. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you're going to be getting some authentic reaction on my part because I have you're no gonna idea. You're going to get three people without about. kids talk about parenting, which who doesn't love oh, that? Oh, fuck yeah. That's, Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. My favorite you're thing. welcome. All right. Do we want to get to our, uh, our wildflower this week, fellas? Is there anything please, else we have missed? Or? I think we covered everything. I think, I think right. that nothing else happened. That is what I'm pretty sure that's all that's happened. <laughs> all right. Do you want me to take the lead on this or do you guys want to? Please, please. So this week in good news, we have Illinois expunges nearly 500,000 cannabis arrest records. Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker, Democrat, closed out 2020 by expunging nearly 500,000 non-felony cannabis-related records, um, which was an action mandated by Illinois' marijuana legalization law that went into effect a year ago. As part of the action, the governor also pardoned 9,219 low-level cannabis conviction records, uh, focusing primarily on residents of color. Pritzker said on Thursday, we will never be able to fully remedy the depth of the damage in communities of color who have disproportionately shouldered this burden. But we can govern with the courage to admit the mistakes of our past and the decency to set a better path forward. That's pretty cool, man. Fuck yeah. It's definitely the 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 best thing that I have heard come out of legal weed. I, I, you know, like legal weed is great. And God, the, the, the flower that comes out of it, it's fantastic. (laughs) Trust me. I I love it. But I think that what is so, so a million times more important than being able to buy gummies that, you know, exactly the dose of is Mm -hmm. getting these people who have given up huge chunks of their lives for selling a plant like, and, and specifically for being black while selling a plant. Yep. Yeah, it, 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 it's it's so obvious that that you know we have this situation where we're go we're going through a very slow motion, but it might seem fast to some people. Um, you know, uh, cultural, uh, national opinion, uh, you know, tectonic shift as it relates to cannabis. 
and it's becoming something that's like, ooh, cannabis is is good for for tax revenue, and like, look at these these VC firms that are investing in big cannabis in Canada, and blah 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 blah. And like, yeah, the people who have been doing the cannabis production and distribution in our country are fucking heroes. They're yeah. fucking heroes. They're not criminals, or they, they might be technically criminals, but they are not threats to society. They, they are not people who deserve to be put in cages. And all the people that were put in cages in the pursuit of essentially sharing a medicinal flower illicitly, like that our government made illegal, like under really racist and fucked up pretenses, these people should be given a fucking medal. These people should be like, not only, you know, they should be compensated for any uh, hardship that they uh, had to endure at the hands of the state. And now that we're allowing, you know, billionaires to invest in big cannabis, like, let's fucking give some dividends to everybody that had a record expunged. Like, let's figure out how to, like, make this somewhat less horrifically fucked up uh than it was and of course you know the 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 shadow of all of this is slavery it's to take people who are doing this thing that essentially society has for several decades basically been like oh this shouldn't be a crime like even in cop dramas they're like oh it's just weed all right well you know (laughs) let's still put them in the the, uh forced uh labor camps (laughs) like you know like taking out a joint from their pocket and like putting it in the fucking glove compartment be like oh looks like somebody's gonna buy your labor for pennies on the dollar ha you know it's like it's so fucked up. And never it's forget so, that so, the so, criminalization so of cannabis in the first place was directly targeting political activists and black Americans. Those are the two demographics of people who it, without those kind of um, rabble rousers, without those two pe- those two mm-hmm. uh, classes of people who were actual threats to the he- hegemonic system of like mm-hmm. elite rule in this country, we would have no cannabis. We would have no yep. no prohibition against cannabis. It is also, only because also, and also um, like Mexican immigrants coming in, which yep, is why exactly. we call That's it marijuana the, and not cannabis. Exactly. Exactly. I did a whole report on this for my theory yeah. of knowledge class in high school. I thought it was very cool that I was doing uh, a presentation on why we should be legal. Um, my teacher liked it too, but yeah, yeah it's, I, it's you know it's 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 a it's a key component of reparations to the most harmed, marginalized communities in our in our country, um, and it is uh, much more important than getting good bud is making sure that we make amends for the damage that we've done to these people's lives. Yep. And while we're talking about this real quick, we have to make home grow legal. Because yes. if you take a situation where good corporate produced weed is good and legal, and some weed that somebody grew in their basement and is like sharing with their friends is bad, and that person should be put into a forced labor camp, like you aren't solving shit. You are yeah. not solving shit. Like you need to have. You're just opening up a new, a new arm of the capitalist economy. Like that's all. Which yes, is ultimately yes. the the reason that a lot of these legalization measures are happening in the first place. Yes, yes, and capital must NASA, expand. And so you know, uh, you you have the 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 good guy. Uh, what were what were those memes? It was like the the two stone the two stoners. It was like the the angel and the devil. It was good guy Greg. And it was, uh, who's like smoking a, a joint and is like, you know, always helping you out. And then there was scumbag Steve. And so you've got the corporate, uh, pro, uh, legal cannabis route. That's the kind of thing that, uh, Governor Cuomo is trying to push and yeah. what they just passed in New Jersey. And that's scumbag Steve. 
That's like saying, all right, we're going to keep a uh, illicit uh, market of weed uh, uh, going by making it illicit. <laughs> yeah. Because the whole question about homegrown is like, well, how can we tell between legal weed and illegal weed? Like, you know, that's like the, the cop question. It's like, you motherfucker, <laughs> there's no such thing as illegal <laughs> weed. That's the whole point. Like, there is uh, well, and then but, you have even worse is in states where it's medical only. And so now what you have is a bunch of upper upper middle class and wealthy white people who are able to go into a doctor and say, my back hurts and I'm anxious. And now they get a license mm-hmm. that they can buy weed for, you know, fucking $80 an eighth or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And then everybody else who doesn't have access to standard um, affordable health care, who doesn't have access to a doctor who is like caring and compassionate and willing to give mm-hmm. them that license in the first place. Like you're just creating this tiered access system that is not any mm-hmm. better than what then it, it's it's worse than what it's replacing. It's 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 miles worse than what it's replacing. Yep. I'm, I'm with you. And so I'm advocating that every state be like Massachusetts, which is the good guy, Greg. Instead of like uh, <laughs> New York and New Jersey, uh, who are the scumbag Steve and Massachusetts went ahead and they made it uh, legal to grow up to twelve plants per two adult household, and all you had to do was make sure that like it had restricted access to minors, so you could even grow it in your backyard if you had like a fence or something. Um, and they had this happen and made it uh, legal. I think it was on like January 1st or whatever that it became legal. But it was like almost two years until you could actually buy legal weed. So they had a two-year head start on the home grow like culture, which turned an illicit substance, which people, you know, were doing violent crime to like maintain, you know, the distribution and, and everything for to a garden produced like commodity and a gift economy that essentially did no harm to anybody like that. And it didn't yeah. require a ton of legislative, you know, um, uh, bureaucracy. It didn't require, they just said, okay, this thing that, that everybody seems to like, yeah, you can just make it in your home and give it away to your friends, but you can't sell it. Um, so, you know, just don't do that. And like, you know, it fucking worked. It fucking worked. And then they still have mad tax revenue because some people still want to go and get the gummies that tell exactly like the little star chart, like a Pokemon, exactly how euphoric and, you know, stressed out and anxious they're going to be. You know, like there's still that market <laughs> and they're willing to pay $50 an yeah. eighth or whatever for, you know, good butt. Absolutely. So anyway, be a good guy, Greg. Yeah. So often that our problems have extremely easy solutions. Um you know, don't don't believe those Democrats that think that it, it, we have all of our problems are difficult and confusing, and it requires uh, very well paid consultants to thread the needle and figure out what the problem is. No, it's it's actually quite quite straightforward. Yeah, the problem is because we created the problem, so like we like, just undo <laughs> just undo the thing that you did. Yeah, just control Z. racist policies and you're done it's fun it's fixed it's done let's do it let's control z all of the racist policies in this uh year of our lord 2021 2020 part two yeah all right are we done fellas i think i think we're done we're about to record a bonus episode uh we do two bonus episodes a month you can get them for as little as a dollar uh head over to patreon.com slash ironweeds and um, I think that's it. And do that. 
Just do, do that. that. Yeah, do it. Just do that. Do it. It's you won't. Yeah. Do it. I think you can get it for like $11 for a whole year. So you know how many episodes that is? That's 24 episodes. for You're making yeah. money. Yeah. Basically. And, and as we've, we've pointed out, you know, you, you could just cancel. You could just scoop all that content, download it, you know, put it up in the cloud, Shh, then just fucking Chris, leave. Shut up. <laughs> No, I kid. Brittany is uh, the hardest working woman in podcasting history uh, and the best at it. It's a low bar. Uh, and yeah, no, you need to, you need to be uh, re- uh, remunerated. Uh, yeah, remunerated. Yeah. Re- remunerate me, bitches. Paid. Fuck it. It's just called paid. Yeah. Yeah. It's just getting paid. Pay yeah. Brittany. I like, I like Get paid. remunerate though. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and we have a Teespring store. We haven't plugged that in like ages. We have Ironweeds merch. Oh yeah, you can get some um, gear. Yeah, we should add to that. We should come up with some new stuff. Oh yeah, yeah we, we got should. the. Uh, all right, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll come I'll, up with that. I'll start noodling. Yeah, you got some noodles yeah. in there. Yeah, and uh, send us send us your favorite. Um, if there's something you want on a whatever mug, shirt, sweater, something, uh, shoot us an email. We'll get to the email in a minute. Don't worry. In the meantime. <laughs> You can find us on Twitter. <laughs> Iron Reads Pod. You can find us on Instagram. Iron Reads Pod. You can shoot us an email at Iron Weeds Pod. At gmail.com. <laughs> Thank you so much. We love you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Peace.